why you are so triggered, why you're so frustrated, irritated, getting aware of what's going on for you from a place of curiosity is a game changer. Welcome to the Connect Method Parenting Podcast, where correction is out, connection is in, and your kids want to listen to you. I'm Andy Martineau, creator of Connect Method Parenting, here to help you stay calm, confident, and connected no matter what. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to the Connect Method Parenting Podcast. Thank you so much for being here. I can't wait to get started. I'm going to do another episode to give you background on me, but today the priority is to give you something that you can walk away with that will improve your parenting. So what we're going to talk about are the three CMP strategies, because these are the three things that if you are doing them consistently, will improve your parenting faster than anything else. They will help you move from corrective parenting to connective parenting. We'll dive into the first strategy today in depth, and we'll talk about the second and third strategies in the upcoming episodes. The three strategies are strategy one, understand your own behavior so you can leave room for theirs, meaning your kid's behavior. Strategy two is consistently connect. And I'm going to define what that means and how it's very different than just hanging out in the same room as them. And strategy three is choose closeness when there's off-track behavior. And you're going to want to go into fight or flight mode or give them a consequence. You're going to learn how to choose closeness instead. It's really in these three simple, doable strategies that everything will change for you. So let's jump into strategy one, which is understand your own behavior so you can leave room for your kids. It's about understanding our nervous system, our triggers, our traumas, all of the things that cause you to feel frustrated or irritated or annoyed or resentful when the kids have off-track behavior. Parenting by connection starts with you as a parent, not with your kids. It's not about fixing the kids. It's about understanding and getting curious. So let's dive into how we do this. There's a tool I teach inside League, which is the most amazing place if you're ready to go all in on Connect Method Parenting. We learn the foundations of Connect Method Parenting. We implement and iterate on it. We make Connect Method Parenting your reality. So inside this group, I teach this tool that is so powerful and simple. It's called STEER. It's inspired by cognitive behavior theory, Stephen R. Covey, who talks about the space between the stimulus and the response, Viktor Frankl, who if you have not read his book, go read his book. It's so good. It's called Man's Search for Meaning. When I read it, I was so inspired by the way he was able to see his life and show up as a person inside of a concentration camp. I remember thinking if he could figure out how to do it in that situation, I can figure out how to do it in my situation with my kids in my messy house. He has two quotes that were so inspiring to me. The first one is, When we are no longer able to change a situation, we are challenged to change ourselves. Isn't that so good? Oh my gosh, it will forever be my mantra. Realizing that I have the power to change myself and I don't have to wait for any situation outside of me to change. The other one that really stood out to me when I was studying his work was everything can be taken from a man but one thing, the last of human freedoms to choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances, to choose one's own way. And I'm also inspired by the works of Byron Katie, Pema Chodron, so many people I studied along the way that helped me see the world differently. 
and ended up culminating in what I now call STEER. It allowed me to dissect what was happening and see what worked, what didn't work. What am I thinking? What are the emotions I was feeling? What are the actions I'm taking? What is the result I'm creating in my life? And what that did for me is it allowed me to learn from past events, prepare for upcoming events, and have so much awareness about what was going on in my mind that I was able to start to change my neural pathways, my habits, change my default way of showing up for my kids. It is one of the most important tools we use in Strategy One. I'm going to explain the STEER. It's an acronym and it's not spelled correctly. It's spelled S-T-E-A-R. I'm going to go through what each of those letters mean and unpack it for you as we dive into strategy one. I'm also going to include in the show notes a link so that you can see STEER visually. It's such a cool acronym because not only does it work perfectly with what I'm going to teach you, but I also love that it gives you this imagery of a steering wheel. You are in control of driving your life. And if you let your life go on autopilot, it's just going to steer down some random path. The more you understand your patterns, you understand why you're getting frustrated when they fight, why you're so triggered when the house is messy, then those discoveries will allow you to start interrupting those old thought patterns, those old steers, and replace them with new habits, new thought patterns, new steers. I want to break apart STEER line by line so that you can understand it conceptually. The easiest way for me to think about STEER is stacked up vertically. If you think of lined paper, put one letter on each line. So S-T-E-A-R. So S stands for situation. The situation is the only thing you don't have control over. You don't have control over your kids' attitudes. You don't have control over the weather. You don't have control over traffic. You don't have control over if your toddler eats dinner. You don't have control over your teenager deciding to say you're stupid and walk out of the room. You don't have control over those things outside of you. You never will. So you might as well accept it. It's so much better if you can say, all right, no control over there, but what do I have control over? And when you can accept this, you will be able to create an environment where your children can thrive and where they can actually want to listen to you, where they will choose you to be their leader. I'm constantly getting asked, Andy, how do I get my kids to want to listen to me? How do I improve my relationship? This is the first step in the process. Stop trying to control what you don't have control over. And this doesn't mean you're giving up on your impact or influence over your kids. You're not going to be a passive parent. You're actually going to be more active, more impactful, more influential, the less you try to control the things that are not within your control. Once you start focusing on what you do have control over and seeing the neutrality of all the things you don't have control over, Your emotional response will be grounded and you will be able to show up calm, connected, confident. You'll be able to set limits, have difficult conversations. It starts with you focusing your attention and energy on yourself, understanding what's going on for you. This is where you begin because you as parents set the tone for your home and for your children. 
So understanding what the crap is going on for you up here, why you are so triggered, why you're so frustrated, irritated, getting aware of what's going on for you from a place of curiosity is a game changer. I want you to hear that because when I first started understanding what was happening in my head, I was very critical and mean to myself. I thought, why are you so reactive? Why are you so explosive? Why can't you keep your cool and be more patient? And I was so critical. And being critical with ourselves does not work. I stayed in a place where I didn't make progress for a very long time, and I don't want you to do that. I've seen the same pattern in my clients too. If they're critical, if they're beating themselves up, they're not going to make the progress they want. That's because we don't change when we're critical. When we're beating ourselves up, that's what keeps us stuck. When we think about the things we've done in the past from a place of curiosity, we're able to learn and grow and do better in the future. I love thinking we never fail. We only learn or grow. But that will only happen When we can see the mistakes we've made without judgment, without our nervous system being triggered, without being critical towards ourselves, we have to look at it from a place of neutrality like a scientist would. The results of their experiment are just the results of their experiment. They're neutral. When we can see the steer like this and we can look at the order of events and how it played out with our parenting, the kids are fighting in the kitchen. That's our situation. And then we can say, okay, my thought is... They shouldn't be doing that. And I'm feeling really frustrated. And if I continue down this path, I'm going to walk into that kitchen. I'm going to start issuing consequences and the result will be disconnection. That's the steer we want to start to understand. We want to look at those steers. We want to see what's happening. As we are able to look at those steers with clarity, we can pivot and change how we behave in the future. It's these small and steady changes that create new neural pathways so that our default for parenting is one of connection, not correction. We're going to use the example of the boy's bedroom that has two piles of knee-high dirty clothes, beds that haven't been made, and five dirty plates and three cups, let's say. So this is the situation, the S of steer. Now, what happens when I walk into the bedroom and I see this situation I have a thought about it. In this example, I'm going to say I'm not doing so hot that day. So my thought is, what slobs? I can't believe they didn't clean up the room like they were asked to. My emotion is going to be frustrated. That's the E is the emotion. It's what happens in our brains when we have a thought. We have an emotional response. Chemicals are released in our body. It's this physiological reaction that we have. And I'm feeling the emotion of frustration. So I go into action mode, which is the next line of the steer, the A line. I go into action mode. I go let those boys know you were supposed to clean your room. So we have a messy confrontation. I lay down the law. I restrict privileges. I give them a consequence. And I finally get them to go clean their room begrudgingly. The result is a clean room, but a disconnected relationship. And more likely than not, In a week, the room will be dirty again because the way I'm going about getting them to clean the room is not igniting their intrinsic motivation. So let's go through it really quickly again. S is the state of the boy's room. My thought is, what slobs? I can't believe they didn't clean up the room like they were asked to. 
the emotion is frustrated. The actions is me going and getting after them and nagging them. And the result is a disconnected relationship and maybe a clean room, but at the cost of the relationship. So that in summary is steer. It is the tool that will help you gain so much awareness around what's going on in your brain. You're going to understand your own behavior, your own mind, your own thoughts, so you can leave room for theirs. You're going to be able to calm your nervous system down using this amazing tool. I grew up in Arizona where we get a couple of inches of rain every year. And I was talking to my friend one day. She lives in Washington State, and she made a comment about how it was raining. And I stopped the conversation and I said, this is so exciting. Tell me more. And she said, I'm not really that excited about it. It's the kickoff of our rainy season. And I was confused. I said, what are you talking about? You have to be excited. It's rain. But my friend felt a little disappointed it was raining. And why I'm telling you this is because your belief, your thought about the things outside of you are going to be very different based on your perception of reality. My thoughts about rain are, it's amazing. We should stop everything we're doing right now and celebrate it. It rained here not very long ago and my daughter opened the door and I stopped what I was doing and went and watched it with her. Another daughter ran outside and ended up getting soaking wet. We all celebrate rain. It's not that our belief about rain is better than my friends. It's just very different based on our perception. We have not experienced much rain in our life. And so we cherish every drop that falls from the sky and she gets a lot of rain. So understanding this is really valuable. It helps us see the way we're interpreting the world versus the way someone else is interpreting the world. Your thoughts about your life, about your kids, about how they behave, about the mess or the cleanliness of your home will create your experience of your life. And then because of that thought, you will have an emotional experience. My thought is rain is the best thing ever. I'm going to have a very positive emotion around rain. My friend's thought around it is, oh, this is the start of rainy season. And as a result, her emotional experience of rain, at least in this particular situation, was more negative than mine. And that's okay. It's just really interesting to look at because this is what happens. There's these situations outside of us that are completely neutral until we have a thought or belief around them. And I'm using rain as one because it's just very simple for us to look at. We're not going to be charged about it. It's not personal. So I'm specifically using one that's not parenting to help us understand how this works. We have a thought. It creates an emotional experience. And those emotions are the drivers to our action. They are the fuel. So a negative emotion is going to create negative action and a negative result. A positive emotion is going to create positive action and a positive result. You can't create a positive result from a negative emotion. It just doesn't work that way. And that's okay. We are allowed as humans to have negative reactions and negative emotions. But do we want to stay that way? Sometimes we will. Sometimes we won't. A lot of the work we are doing to understand ourselves so that we can leave room for our children is allowing us to see how the negative emotions that we're having because of the subconscious autopilot thoughts that are coming automatically 
how they are creating actions and results we don't like. We're able to see the steers and we're able to say, this is what's creating my life. You'll see that we have situations outside of us that are outside of our control. We have thoughts based on our reality and our perception. We have emotions that come as a result of our thoughts, which drive us into action and ultimately create our life. Let me tell you a story how I first became aware of this pattern that I now call steer. It wasn't pretty. It was absolutely incredible though, because it taught me so much. There was this day in 2007, the baby was asleep. My oldest had gone to school and that left me with three toddlers roaming around the house. I was able to get the laundry done, get the dishes done before lunch, which was a miracle. And I even got dressed. But 30 minutes into me being so productive, I realized that it was very quiet and I needed to go check on these three toddlers because I did not know what they were up to. I figured they were in the playroom, which was a converted two-car garage off the kitchen. It was decked out in 70s, dark cabinets, indoor-outdoor carpet that was brown and rough. We had this huge beanbag. Do you remember Love Sacks? I think they're still around. With this fabric that everything clung to. We had toys in there, our DVD player, our Nintendo GameCube that we had just sprung for. I peeked into the playroom and I lost my mind. I saw the Costco-sized bottle of baby powder on the floor, hence the name, the Great Baby Powder Blizzard of 2007. They had done a phenomenal job turning this room into a winter wonderland, opened up cabinets and drawers and dumped it in, dumped it on themselves, dumped it on this giant brown beanbag. It was now white-ish. The carpet was covered, the DVD player. They had actually tipped it on its side so they could dump the baby powder right into where the disc should go in opened up the GameCube, it never worked again, and I lost my mind. I yelled. I am not proud of that. I can't even respect the person I was. I yelled at them saying things like, why would you do this to me? Really felt the victim of their behavior. I punished them saying, we are not going to have friends for the rest of the week. I was desperate. When we are in the frame of corrective parenting, which is Western parenting, behavior modification, learning theory, external control theory. We are trying to manipulate, control, and influence our children using external stimuli, external consequences, which can be positive or negative. And when we're in this place, we are in the mindset that our children's behavior reflects us. I looked at the baby powder blizzard and I thought, you are a big fat failure. I'm looking at the kid's behavior. I'm looking at how they're not obeying the rules. They're out of control. And when we're in the mindset of corrective parenting, we get into this place where we start defining ourselves by our children's actions. And we classify them as good or bad. And then we classify ourselves. And that's where my brain went. But the thing that made this experience so different and became the catalyst that birthed Connect Method Parenting was I had this moment of clarity. My three-year-old, who's such a fun human, He's 19 now. In fact, when he was born, a clown visited me in the hospital. Have you ever heard of something like that? It's the most bizarre thing ever. A clown came into my room, put a clown nose on my one-day-old, or it might have been only an hour or two old, and took a Polaroid picture of it. And my sister Darby was visiting me at the time, and she was in the picture. I can't find the picture, but I have her witness 
to the event. That's his personality. It's not ironic that happened when he was born because he's this playful, fun, loving kid. And he was the one who had orchestrated the event. When I started losing my mind, he started crumbling. I could see his face go from, mom, look at what we created to, oh my gosh, I'm not good. I had this moment where I questioned what I was doing and I said, what if this isn't the only way to interpret the situation? What if you're wrong about what you're thinking about the baby powder all over the playroom? I was able to shift from this shouldn't be happening. They're making my life hard. I'm overwhelmed, underappreciated. They're taking advantage of me to they're just kids. They're not trying to make my life difficult. It's okay. And when I pivoted my belief, my emotions shifted. The chemical reaction in my brain changed. It's physiologically what happens when we change our emotions. And because I was able to change my awareness and pivot my perspective and my thoughts changed, everything else changed. My emotions went into acceptance. I was not resisting it. I was just accepting what was. I was able to laugh about it. We have a picture of the baby powder blizzard scene. So fun. We cleaned it up quickly. It didn't create disconnection. Sure, there was that momentary disconnection when I lost my mind for a minute, but not long-term disconnection. And I started to realize how powerful it was for me to get present to my thoughts and emotions. Now, this didn't come all in the moment, but as I continued to think about it and study developmental psychology and neuroscience, I realized that I didn't need anything outside of me for me to be happy. I found my freedom and started experimenting with how I could be calm and confident and connected no matter what was going on outside of me. The playroom didn't have to be baby powder free for me to feel calm. I didn't need my kids to get along or bedtime to go perfectly or homework to get done for me to feel confident and connected. If you think you need the house to be clean, to feel peace, you will constantly be chasing those positive emotions, thinking those external things, the clean house, the kids not fighting, that's going to solve your problems. You have no control over your kids fighting or not, or if they decide to do their chores or not. Sure, you can impact and influence that, but ultimately you don't have any control over those things. When we don't get this, when bedtime goes on for two hours or a teenager's attitude is especially terrible that day or chores don't get done, we think we have no choice but to think the kids shouldn't be feeling or acting that way and we end up feeling frustrated or annoyed or upset but there are other options. We can choose to change our thought about the situation and then everything changes, how we feel, what we do, and the results we're creating. This is what happened with the great baby powder blizzard of 2007. I shifted my thought about it, which changed my perception of it. I went from an unintentional steer to an intentional steer. My unintentional steer was driven by the thought they shouldn't be doing this. And my emotion was frustrated and the actions I took were yelling and nagging and lecturing. And the result I would have created, and I did temporarily create, was disconnection. 
But I was able to pivot and realize that the kids didn't mean to do this. And that became my new thought. And then my emotion was calm. My actions were to lean down and connect with them, take a picture, let them know I wasn't mad at them. And the result was I was able to set a limit about the baby powder blizzard saying, hey, we don't do this and we need to pick it up together. And we were able to do that. So when I talk about the power of understanding your behavior, giving yourself the benefit of the doubt, giving your kids the benefit of the doubt, that doesn't mean you go passive. You actually are more capable of taking decisive action, setting clear limits that are compassionate and firm when you are feeling calm and connected. And your kids will listen to you. They will feel heard and seen. The results are so much better. Everything you need to shift your parenting is within your control. That's what I've got for you today. If you want to learn more about Steer, I'm including a link in the show notes so you can look at it visually. Play around with it this week. Bring more awareness to your own behavior so you can leave room for your kids. And then let me know how it goes. It's been so much fun talking to you about this first tool, the first strategy in the Connect Method Parenting Framework. Understand your own behavior so you can leave room for theirs. I can't wait to dive into strategy two in the next episode. Until then, we'll see ya. Bye. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, come check out League, my Connect Method Parenting Coaching Program, where we take this material and we apply it using my proven formula. Head over to cmp.works forward slash join.